Welcome to Phones Ringing, Dude, where Brad and Adam struggle to answer listener-submitted questions. This week, we've got iTunes Commodore number two on the horn, who asks, Dear sirs, thank you for your informative deepcast of TBL Movie. I'm not much of a film buff, and this question is not specific to TBL, but more about films in general. I greatly enjoy your podcast as I am learning so much about filmmaking. So much so that I am finally better able to say why I do or do not like a movie without resorting to, it sucked or it rocked. Background. In the month of October, my wife watched every horror movie on Netflix. Most were bad. Some were really bad. Bad seemed directly related to my ability as a viewer to suspend disbelief. That suspension of disbelief seemed to have nothing to do with the quality of the effects, or even if the film was in English. Many were in Japanese or Korean. In fact, I enjoyed some films with terrible effects, no subtitles, and in a foreign language. I only speak English. So my question is, what is it about a film that instills that immediate suspension of disbelief and allows the viewer to immerse themselves in the alternative reality the film portrays? Signed, iTunes Commodore number two. So that was a question from iTunes Commenter number two. Yes, Thank the illustrious the iTunes two. Commenter number two. Um, so it's, he, didn't, uh, he didn't lob one at us there. He didn't throw us a, a, uh, a, a softy, soft, a Mr. No. Softy. And it's, it's not even, really, if you think of it, it's not even a Lebowski question. No. It's but, you know, just, we go off the rails a lot, which I think is fine. I mean, I think that's... It's a Lebowski crazy train. Yeah. You know, and we have talked about this, you know, high frame rate business and everything else. Right. Beatles and Mono. But Beatles and Mono isn't about suspending belief or suspending no. disbelief, I guess. Um... I get what um, what iTunes commenter number two is implying with their question is that I guess to me the um, the impact or quality of a movie is not reflected in its budget necessarily. No, that a movie is in fact uh, greater than the sum of its parts. And if you have certain parts that are extraordinary, it can make up for other parts that are not so extraordinary. A smaller budget, uh, you know, crappier special effects, poorer lighting, a shittier camera. But if you have, you know, two friggin' phenomenal actors in the leads, well, that's going to go a long way towards upping the overall uh you know one to ten zero to ten rating of the film i guess yes, and yeah. make make the viewer enjoy it more i guess yeah i think the perform it's all in the performance of the actors and it's not as much in other elements because i think you know i think it's a very human 
part of the equation here when it comes to what allows you to just be sucked into the movie and feel yourself, you know, like you said, immersed in the in the reality of the film. Like, you know, let's take like Star Wars, right? The classic example there. Okay, like most Eisley Cantina scene, you know, guys in like furry suits, not the best. You you could say special. terrible. Yeah. In this day and age, terrible. In this day and age, terrible. Right, exactly. But I think the actors sell it. I think, you know, Harrison Ford sold that world to us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mark Hamill, maybe not so much. But, you know, there's a time and a place for Mark Hamill, I guess. You know, I think he was good in that movie. Was I think he? again, he somehow, you know, and we, you know, there's so Alec Guinness and um, oh, what's his name? Anthony Grand Moff Tarkin guy. The who? Grand Moff Tarkin. What was that actor's name? Oh, he was in lots of uh, shit, like yep. old school horror stuff. Peter Cushing. Yeah, Peter Cushing. Yeah, he had Peter Cushing in there and. Which is weird. That whole Peter Cushing on the Death Star with, like, Council of Military People. Right. You, you go back and you look at that, it's like, that's out of place in the Star Wars universe. Yes. I, I mean, it's not because you understand the Republic came, then the Empire came, and it became more militant and all that. Like, it makes sense, I guess, philosophically or realistically or whatever, but it just, it doesn't sit right. It's well, what not... doesn't make sense to me there is, like, Vader is obviously, like, some, he's like, middle manager, right? Totally. He's t- totally cowed by... Pe- yeah, people are giving him shit. Right. You know, obviously, Grand Moff talk, talk and... What's a Moff? I don't know. And there's degrees of it, apparently. Yes, he's the Grand Moff. He's the biggest Moff of them all. You Moff... Grand Moff Wilhoff Tarkin. Wilhoff. Grand Moff Wilhoff Tarkin is apparently his full. At some point, you just realize that George Lucas wasn't too different from me when I was like 15, and I would just make names up for shit. Yeah. He was just trying to make names up. Just making shit up. But he... But yeah, but in that scene, and we're getting way off, but he's got to go about talking about that scene. Yeah, it makes no sense in the context of the rest. You know, after you watch episode one through three, which, right. oh, I can't even start. But yeah, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Don't worry, that. there's more coming. You heard about that with Disney's yes. acquisition of... Yes. I remain... I'm curious. Oh, I'll I'll go see it. I think it's going to be better than the prequel trilogy. Yes. Because, A, how could it not? It can't be worse. Can't be worse. And it's not going to be laden with this idea that it's a prequel. Like, it was doomed from the start. Because why? we don't need a prequel. We need a new story, not to just rehash the same kind of stuff we already know. Right. So, and, you know, yeah, and Lucas isn't involved. I think he, you know, I think his ego or him surrounding by Yes Men, whatever it was, or his, he got obsessed with a certain idea of, like, the technology of filmmaking that, again, really got in the way of this human element. It did. Not realizing it's the human element that's important, not, like, you know, the whole thing was just shot on a green screen. Right. 
Like it right. doesn't work. Well, shot on a green screen with shitty actors too in the in the most critical right. roles. Well, that's yeah. I mean, but Anna, actors Anakin that were was given terrible. Nothing to work with, right? Like Natalie Portman, Samuel L. Jackson, those are good actors. Yeah, Natalie Portman. I don't know what her excuse was, and it must be the Lucas effect. Exactly. She was horrible direction. She was given nothing to work with. Nothing to work with. Right. You're like, on a green screen now. Pretend to do this. And right. you better be the world's most goddamn brilliant director that they've ever seen, or it's not going to work. He's obviously not. Irvin Kershner is the only reason that, you know, he has a four-star movie to his credit. Yes. But yeah, so again, it comes down to, you know, the, the people that we see on the screen, the characters that we see, if they're compelling... If their story is believable and either tragic or relatable or something, it's those characters that we attach to. And a strong character with a good like story arc or whatever you want to call it, that's going to trump, uh, like you said, most of the other elements in a movie. So I think that's to answer <sighs> iTunes commenter number two's question. I think that's the answer to yeah. it. And I think, like, so we're using Star Star Wars as an example here. And the other thing is, like, the people in that movie, whether they did or not, they, on some level, though, like, that movie was taken, they while that movie was being made, it was somehow taken seriously. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it was like, okay, this is kind of a goofy thing. It's like we're in space, whatever. But they played that up, like, serious, right? Like, well, yeah. Like, like I think a lot of times, especially in a lot of shitty sci-fi movies, the actors are not taking it seriously, and you can tell it bleeds through. And no one's taking it seriously. Not even the director, the writer. It's like, oh yeah, let's put a space octopus in. That's okay. <laughs> Go. Like, and, you, and you're not talking Doctor Who type stuff here. You're talking like, you know, quote unquote, big budget or serious Hollywood type. Sci-fi. Well, movies. I was talking like low-budget stuff, but you know, high, high. Yeah, the 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 large budget. You know what comes to mind is Sam Neill's sci-fi vehicle. Uh, which one was that? He's like this alien demon person. Event Horizon was that it? Yes. That was. You could tell it just. I think that's another movie that fell victim to this phenomenon. You could tell that Sam Neill. He just somehow didn't belong there. He had no business in that movie. And again, it's not selling the reality of the film well enough. And whether that's the director not doing their job with him or if it's his performance alone. Either way, that I remember the effects being good enough. You know, the story even being okay. But one person can ruin a movie. Yeah, and I think, again, what about the story, the, the question of effects, right? Like, I think you could probably tell a story and work around the effects. Of course. I don't want to give Lucas too much credit, if any, at all, for anything. Like, you could make... But he did say that. He's like, a special effect without a story is a boring thing. Right. But I'm, I'm, but, you, but I'm kind of saying the reverse, which is like, okay, I could make a movie set in space, some kind of weird drama, but I could just like cut out 
the special effects, right? Or like work around them somehow, right? Right, right. And still tell a really compelling story. So I think part of it also might be like, you know, knowing your limits. Mm-hmm. There's something to that. Speaking of knowing your limits, did you read there's this article on um, the movie The Canyon? This is directed by Paul Schrader, who okay. he wrote um, Raging Bull, Taxi Driver. Um, what what did he direct? He wrote those two. He directed um, a. There was one. Oh, he wrote Bringing Out the Dead. And he directed... There was one that really kind of brought him down. Um, I don't know. A bunch of shitty movies, basically. I don't know. American Gigolo in 1980. Outside of that, it's like he hasn't actually directed a movie that was good. Affliction, maybe. Not really. The one that really did him in was Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist. Like, he just bombed, and he just has been, like, languishing. So he's directing this movie called The Canyon, and I read this article. It was in the Times of New York newspaper. The title of the article is, Here is what happens when you cast Lindsay Lohan in your movie. Uh... I recommend anyone interested in filmmaking or the filmmaking process to read that article. The Be- canyons. The canyons. The canyons. There's still a lot to be gleaned from it, but I will say this. this I don't think will ruin your reading of it. I think if you distill his experience directing this movie, Lindsay Lohan is a fucking disaster of a person. But he needed her for this production because the budget was very low. It was like $250,000. They raised a bunch of it on Kickstarter and put their own money into it. It's like his last chance. And he knew that you know most of the actors were no names, but he needed Lindsay Lohan. There's a couple of moments where despite her like destroying everything around her like bringing the production to its knees on multiple occasions just with her dramatic over the top behavior there's a couple of these moments where just with a look in her eyes it can almost salvage the entire production so you're saying that the canyon canyons actually so so you're actually saying that Lindsay Lohan, with her eyes, was able to actually draw, like salvage this. I am not saying that. I have not seen this movie. I am distilling what I took from the article. Okay, so you actually haven't seen it or seen no. it, the clip from it that's floating around online. Online, I, I've seen more or less of it. makes it look on par with Tommy Wiseau's of the room. Right, I have not seen any of it. This is I'm reacting strictly to the article, and that. That's mainly like what Paul Schrader believed. It's why he needed her so much. Gotcha. 
Well, you know, I think there is some level, and that's some the truth. That is the truth. Maybe not with this one. He's probably blind to its suckiness, but that's kind of what we're saying. That well, that is the the truth. The male lead is a porn star, also. Yes, his name is uh, James Dean. Yes. D e e n. Right, not to be confused with um, Jimmy Dean sausages. Jimmy, exactly. <laughs> But you know, the, read this article. It's it's just a nightmare. It's a nightmare, and I love myself a train wreck of a movie so much. So you have seen clips of this movie? I, um, I've no. Oh. I mean, I'm looking at one right now as we're talking, and it looks terrible. I had not heard of the canyons until just now. You mentioned it, and I'm looking at, uh, yeah. And the thing is, he's like, I would do it again, and I can't wait to do it again. We're talking about doing another movie now. Lord. Don't you want to work with people you enjoy? I see it's a two-camera production. If you look at the still on the New York Times article, the first picture, you can see two cameras. So it is shot kind of like a soap opera. Or a sitcom. That should be your first tip. Did we answer iTunes commenter number two's question? I think we probably have as, you know, close as close as we can, can get to. Um, Although he, he did say what what is it that instills immediate suspension of disbelief or belief? But. I mean, you know, we talked about the human factor, the acting, and I think that's the very, very probably most important part. But I mean, it's everything, right? I think there is, you know, camera and how camera lights. relates to story. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say that, but it was on the tip of my tongue. Yes, exactly. You know, it all plays together somehow, and I don't know what it is. Right? It's an intangible quality, and you know. There's times I watch a movie and I'm like, that was awesome. And then other people are like, they just like made fun of it the whole time they watched it. You know, when they watched it. Crank, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Crank is already kind of like a, a goofy film that you can probably love or hate. But I'm thinking even like, you know, a more standard standard fare, right? Some, some people be like, oh, that was, you know, it, it was... It moved me. I loved it. And then other people are like, are you kidding? Like, the acting of so-and-so was so bad, and the music was so over the top, and I was just laughing the whole time. I couldn't stop laughing. And it's like, well, what, what is it? You know, one person, they two different people just see something completely different. Maybe they use a Eagles song in the wrong context or something, and that's enough to just break you out of it and yeah, make it you hate be. it. Maybe it's it the be. Grifters where... From beginning to end, it's just a, a shit shower of mediocrity. Maybe I've not a, seen that movie, but I can't imagine it's as bad as you say it is. I think, again, it's one of these like personal things that happens. Well, now that I've built it down so much, no, you'll probably love it. So, so I just have to... Okay, I got something i got to bring up here. Okay. We talked earlier about Grand Moff Will Huff Tarkin. Yes. And 
His character actually appears in Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. He does? Yes, where he is a younger version. And I vaguely remember that. I only saw that movie once. Like I saw it in the theater when it came out. I was like, oh, that actually sucked so much less than the first two. Yeah. I, I might have actually liked it. Again, just because the payoff, the expectations ratio, yeah, was so was so much in its favor, right? Oh, so much, very skewed. But, but I never watched it again, so no, I don't me even either. Know. The one time, yeah, the one time, I was like, oh, that was actually kind of. I think of one time it was on TV, and I saw like ten minutes of the end where like C three PO's swinging around in the smelting, right, smelting area. Oh, the end though, yeah, that movie. Okay, yes, it was kind of good. The end was so bad. Oh, terrible. So contrived. Like, I don't mean the ending ending. I mean, like, the epilogue where it's like, okay, let's put everything in the place where it has to be for the next movie, you know, the, the next trilogy where we already had things. So it's like, oh, you know, droids, let's go wipe your memory. Let's go put, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm going to go take Luke here and Leah here, you take him. And then... Oh, by the way, I have a surprise for you, Obi-Wan. Qui-Gon learned how to communicate even after he died and appear as a ghostly image. He'll teach you to do that. Oh, Lord. Like, why was that in there? I don't know. Crazy. I don't anyway, know. You know why? Because it's, it's a convention. Like, things like that can be used effectively to, like, tidy things up and, like, prepare for sequels. I don't know. I can't think of an example, but you see conventions like that used where they're prepping either for, oh, they're going to have a sequel. Like, I don't know. James Bond might do it or like Scream will do it. I don't know. Something. It's a convention that can be used, but I just think it was used so ham fistedly. Ham fistedly? Ham handedly? Ham fistedly. I'll go with that. Ham fistedly. Yeah, just with no finesse at all. It would be okay to have some of that there. You almost expect it. But it just wasn't done well. It's Lucas. Right. But Wayne Pygram. So I didn't even get to what I wanted to say. Sorry. Wayne Pygram, he played... He's famous for me as his role of Scorpius in Farscape, the science fiction series. Never watched it. And there's something... Actually, that's a great topic for suspension of disbelief, Farscape. But Wayne Pygram, he played Grand Moff Tarkin. But if you look at Wayne Pygram in Wikipedia, there's a picture of him. And it's Pygram at an Australia Day ceremony in Wagga Wagga. <laughs> I just wanted to say Wagga Wagga. I mean, you, you take the chance when you have it. Yeah, Wagga Wagga. He was actually born and raised... No, he was born in Cootamundra, New South Wales, and he was raised in Wagga Wagga. Oh, Wayne Pygram. I see him. Okay. Wayne Pygram. He was Pygram. raised in Wagga Wagga. But he did... Um, yeah, so Farscape, right? Science fiction series. So... Like, if you just looked at that show, right? Like, Do you even know what that is, Adam? I mean, I hear people talk about it. No. Yeah, it's a science fiction show. But it has Muppets, right? It's made by this, like Jim Henson's studio. This is why I don't watch it. 
Exactly. And it's so easy to be like, oh, this show is like stupid. And if you just even just look at it casually, you're like, this is just ridiculous. Like the story happening, whatever they're talking about is so ridiculous. And there's like humans and, and puppets and what is going on. But I'll tell you what, I enjoy that series so much because randomly one day I somehow like watched a little bit of one and then it was like something where like, you know, I was just screwing around the computer, the TV on in the background, they're playing a marathon, a, a couple episodes around, all of a sudden I was like hooked, just hooked. <laughs> and it has, you know, it has a typical, what I'm going to call like genre stories, right? Like, oh, the, whatever, you know, the crazy stuff, like, oh. The bad aliens are coming in their giant mean ship to well, destroy yeah. everything. Not that, I mean, you know, what I would call, like, you know, it has like the, oh, the relationship stuff. Like, is the who's going to get together with who, and they well, do that, and then there's the episode where they switch bodies. Man. What was that? Muppets. Muppets on Muppets. Anyway. That's so does gross. it break? So at some level, right, what originally was a huge barrier to, like, me becoming immersed in that show. I think it set it itself up as a huge barrier, but somehow... Once I overcame that barrier, it worked pretty well. But so I, you knew about the show, but deliberately refused to watch it. I was kind of like, this is kind of like ridiculous. Yes. So it, it surpassed even your limits. Yes. Well, I have I have some some limits. I know you do, but like, they're out there. When it come, I mean, like when it comes to like fine, like I'll watch any kind of dopey science fiction superhero type thing, but. When it comes to things like, I don't know what exactly it is, but there's a certain type of whimsicalness, something that I don't like. Like Harry Potter, I can't stand. Hmm. Um, See, I don't mind that. I watch that. Oh, look, Harry Potter, I'll watch some of that. I don't mind that. Harry Potter, the third movie, is good. I don't Because it was done by Alfonso Cuaron. It's the only good movie, and it's the one hated by the fans. But because he actually took the book and made it into a good movie hmm. versus just taking the book and like transcribing it into a movie and making something that's only barely watchable. <laughs> All right, I'm ready to push the button on this topic. Yeah, we're probably done with it. Well, I hope that appeases you, iTunes commenter number two. I hope that we could offer some words thanks for the comment though yes keep them coming not just Number a comment two. a question a emailed question. emailed question yes if you would like to submit your own question listener out there you can visit gutterballs.tv and there's some way on that website for you to submit a question is there there is now. True. By the time I'm this episode is released, there. that it will probably change. Oh, so contact! I'm just gonna that. say. Yeah, you can. Yes. No, there it, is a, he's telling a, the truth, listener. Yep, there's a contact form, and there will be. You'll have one. Yes. Okay. Someday it will happen. All right. We can poop deck the. Uh, poop deck the segment segment.